0: This is Passing for Normal, conversations with authors, artists, activists, and awakeners about how they are seeding change in the world. I'm Sharon Weil, author of Donnie and Ursula Save the World, the funniest book about love, sex, and GMO seeds you'll ever read, but mostly it's about everyday courage and what it takes to get there in your own personal, even unconventional way. So join us for fun and insightful discussion with some very inspirational people about how to turn purpose and passion into action while at the same time, passing for normal. Welcome to Passing for Normal. Today my guest is structural body worker extraordinaire
1: Harvey Ruderian. Working in what you might call manual medicine, Harvey uses his hands and awareness to help bring the body into balance and release of deep-set holding patterns caused by injury, stress, illness, belief, and simply the ways we live our lives and hold and move our bodies. One of the early Rolfers and Aston Patterners, craniosacral and biodynamic craniosacral therapists, and visceral manipulation practitioners, Harvey trained with and has taught with all these somatic masters and pioneers, Ida Rolf, Judith Aston, John Uplager, Hugh Milne, and Jean-Pierre Verall. I consider Harvey a master in his own right, but he is too humble for that. In addition, Harvey has integrated deep psychological work of the human potential movement, bringing all he knows and feels into his work with his hands. Harvey practices in Santa Monica, California, and is definitely my go-to guy whenever I'm off-center, and he is a dear friend. Welcome, Harvey.
2: Hi, Sharon. Hi. Yes, actually, I, um, more than a dear friend. I, I consider you part of my family. Oh, you me know? too. Yes. Me too, you. Yes, yes. We, we're, we're, it's an incredible idea, incredible this uh, idea, this whole life of having an extended family, people that you've yes. chosen you know, to be part of your tribe.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. We are part of the same tribe for sure. So, Harvey, this is a show all about change. People come to you because they are in serious need of change. Usually, they're in some kind of pain or in deep imbalance that is affecting them both specifically and globally. So, how is it that you're bringing about change in the in the individual when they come to you? You
2: know, it's um, there's a wonderful word that um, we've um, kind of incorporated in the work um, called listening. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's an, and listening is an interesting word in itself because when we talk about listening, we oftentimes think of, you know, that which we're um, engaged in when we're hearing. Mm-hmm. But in fact, I think that, um, you know, the, for me, the word listening is actually just to distinguish hearing, you know, it's really listening is something deeper. And when we really say that when a person walks in my door, for instance, let's be mm-hmm. very specific. Somebody walks into my room and they want to tell me the story of their holding pattern, their fixation, their illness, their um, calamity, you know, their pain. Mm -hmm. Because that's what brings people in. I used to be a rolfer and do this kind of human potential, just give people 10 sessions. But I got, you know, I grew and grew over the last 40 plus years and uh, have, um, thank you for that wonderful introduction, (laughs) you know, um... Because all of the individual labels kind of disappear and what you end up with is just a person walks in and you just sit at you and go into a deep listening. And you listen to the person that walked in the room. And the person that walked in the room, you know, really is in a state of change all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I mean, they're constantly flowering. And oftentimes, they're the, maybe the only person or maybe all the people in their lives, see them as, as, as being in pain, and being fixated, mm-hmm. and being stuck, and perhaps their whole world is, is one of somewhat, you know, what we call um, repetitive strain injury, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, in many ways people live whole lives, you know, in, uh, from, that, from my point of view, in a state of, you know, repetitive strain, because, um, you know, they're trying to um, be, you know, their deep, their deep divine self, the part that I see walking the door. Really, the deep spirit that walks in the door. The fact that the person walked in the door. The fact that we're in our bodies is such an extraordinary gift. (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, it's a gift to be here on the planet, you know, when you start to really inquire, as I have over the many years of being with, you know, people, you know, in the 50 or 60 or 70,000 sessions, you know, and that type of inquiry that people start to share with me about how their lives are stuck. Mm -hmm. Back to what you're saying. And in a sense, stuckness, you know, in a, in a sense, meets evolution, which is going on inside people, you know. Constantly. Con- yes. yes, constantly. There's this inner intelligence, you know. There's this embryological development that we think of as only the first nine months, but it's continuing throughout mm-hmm. our lives. You know, mm-hmm. so we're, you know, we're constantly changing. And as, you know, the science says, you know, we have brand new cells every seven years. So when people walk in and they give me their story about how they're and essentially they're, they're fixated around something that oftentimes they're actually clinging to by the way mm-hmm. sometimes people don't realize it but they're getting an awful lot of secondary um, nourishment mm-hmm. around their injury right and you know what do you mean by it, secondary nur- nourishment well they're getting they're getting people um, they're getting to be able to come see me for instance you know Mm-hmm. They have an excuse to be able to right. take care of themselves. They have an excuse um, to, uh, you know, to, to ask for help. Mm-hmm. They have yes. um, something that um, also um, allows them to not have to confront a part of their lives. That, in mm-hmm. fact, is probably the very part that, um, again, this deeper part of them. Because, you see, the deeper part of us, this part of us that... In my work, shows up around, there's, there's a whole metaphysics around this, you know, but, you know, metaphysics, according to Einstein, was just physics not yet, you know, proven. Um, right. So, metaphysics, this sort of esoteric uh, body development to the embryological, at about, you know, 10 or 12 days after conception, there's a piece that shows up in this fluid body, which, by the way, is not amazing when you talk about life. You know, the, the seed in the, um, in, in the, um, and the egg come together, and they're just fluid. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fluid. <laughs> yeah, it's just all fluid. And here we are with all the solid stuff, you know, and bones and teeth, you know, and hair. And, um, and so this metamorphosis takes place. And this thing that shows up as this kind of primitive streak, it's actually recorded. And it creates this wave that goes through the whole body. And it's actually a wave that's one of the listening techniques that we in biodynamic cranial sacral work, listen to this kind of long tide that goes out into the etheric field, actually goes all the way out into the collective and back again. Well, this wave that's constantly moving through this, um, this person, you know, this, this is constantly, this piece has this information, this raison d'etre, this purpose, you know, its mm-hmm. preamble, <laughs> when it came yes. in, was to create this evolving human being. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we've, yeah. lost our, we've lost that beingness is what happens. You know, we get into our ego structure for all the different reasons, you know, that we all have talked about in terms of the, um, the, the f- fight or flight, you know, of two million years, you know, and the primitive brain and the reptilian brain and all of the, the structure that gets into so much fear around just allowing ourselves to just be and allow the flowering that took place in the, the first nine months of embryological development, allowing that deeper intelligence to come forth, okay, and do this healing, that's a piece that we actually separate from. We actually separate from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, and in doing that, we fixate. Okay, we fixate for lots of different reasons, you know. There's these sociological and cultural reasons because um, we're taught, in school, in church, and, you know, and our parents, you know, and government rules, and, you know, we're taught a lot of stuff that's not consistent with our nature. You know, being, a, being in some ways a program about nature here, this is really about nature. We lose What's our right? connection with nature, you know, and in these last hundred years, you and I were just talking about how much we've lost our connection because we, we're not so um, involved with nature. So there's so many things from the ergonomics, you know, to um, <clears throat> old wounds and the way they're treated by medicine and um, the things that we're not allowed to talk not allowed to speak. So what do we do? We're not allowed to say certain things. So we're taught these are bad words, you know, as people you know. Or bad, or bad thoughts. Or bad thoughts. So mm-hmm. if you have bad thoughts, you try to suppress those thoughts because somebody told you those thoughts are bad. What an interesting idea that we should be, you know, such a supreme, incredible, divine being that we'd have something bad, you know. We, that, yes. there's a, that there's even a badness, you know. And it's always fascinated me that church has badness. How, if God is everything, you know, how can we have badness, you know. But, um, <clears throat> and God is everything, by the way. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> I just don't agree with the badness. Um, yeah. Although I do agree that there are, there are fixations and wounds, that we collect from trying to fit into uh, images and, um, and high heels <laughs> yes, <laughs> and lots of makeup and ergonomics um, and images of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And those things that we try to fit into oftentimes demand us to go into a holding pattern
1: Okay, a holding wait. pattern in the body. Can you describe what you mean by a holding pattern? <clears throat> well, I mean, like, if you're told that, you're, you, know, you know, this is a way to talk, you
2: know. Don't just speak your voice. Speak this language that we're going to teach you. Yes. And in order for something not to come out that wants to come out, you know, you need to do certain things. Tighten up your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Here's one, because when we breathe, when we talk, we breathe. Right. We have to tighten up our diaphragm, not just our respiratory diaphragm, but, you know, our pelvic diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Because as, as Richard, you know, Buteco, you know, when you breathe, all your diaphragms have to work all the way down, you right. know, all the way down and all the way back up. So we have these diaphragms, you know, and by the way, you know, a lot of indigenous cultures have come to recognize these as different power centers. You know, right. there's the there's the Qi center. There's the hara. There's the cough. Um, there's the lower dantian. Mm-hmm. All these cultures know that these centers need movement in them. Yes. And uh, and so much of our culture is taught, teaches us that um, you know to, to either not to speak certain things or to have to take in certain things. Yes. You, know, if you have to take in things. You have to swallow them. And they have to goes down through your stomach and into your stomach and down to your digestion. And all the time, you know, we all, many of us, you know, certainly you and I, you know, coming from the, uh, the 60s generation, those early ca- the, the baby boomers, although I have to say some of the new kids I meet are just amazing, you know, just amazing being raised by some of the, the old counterculture parents, you know. Like us. Yes, right. Yes, <laughs> okay. You know, <laughs> our kids. But... Um, you know, we, um, we very much, you know, had, a, had the 60s revolution where we started to question all these things, question things uh, that we were taught, extraordinary time, and, um, and we started to say no, you know, to these things, but still, you know, they get down inside there and the only way to keep them there is to actually tighten those organs, by the way. Yes. So, uh, uh-huh. so the metaphoric piece of that's something that over has, is kind of overwhelming this, this piece you're telling me you know about so and so just literally abusing somebody like that is so is so much I can't I can't swallow it okay mm-hmm. I can't yeah. swallow it so I'm going to clench my TMJ I'm going to tighten around my throat yeah. and I'm going to do everything in my, hi, the, my hiatal, you know, and my stomach is going to have to shorten up we do all yeah. these things to close off things to get in as well as things to come back Okay? Right, things we don't want to come out. Things that we're told not to let come out. Mm-hmm. The things That's that we right. can't necessarily express because, you know, it's not safe in a, lot right. of, in a lot of places. You know, I raised my child to feel very safe. And it's extraordinary, you know, what it, what it looks like when a child really gets to grow up, you know. And also, the difficulty she had when she was going through high school when she was with a lot of other families. <laughs> We've talked about this. Um, yes. That had a different attitude toward right. what it means to live your life as a poet, to live your life as an artist, to also be respectful to other people in the, li- the lives they're living, but to expect that kind of same kind of respect and have the same kind of opportunity to allow what we say in the biodynamic world, world, you know, um, and, and, and way back at the embryological moment you know, of um, of development potential, okay that deep place of potential. Yes. Where actually you're, you don't have, you're not, you're, it's not that you're not moving, it's not that you're stuck, but there's a stillness. Mm-hmm. There's a deep stillness. And that deep stillness in all of life, it's like b- the Big Bang, you know, there was a moment of stillness out of which potential came out and life began. And that's actually an opportunity in healing work at every moment of our lives. Mm-hmm. One of the things that... Um, deep listening is really about is about deeply listening to a person's story, even if they're coming in and talking to you about how they're stuck. And you're thinking, oh, golly, you know, that's just stuff you bought into, you know. But as a practitioner or as yourself, you know, as a, as a, um, and you're quite a healer, um, as just a, just a human being even, the ability to sit there and really listen without judgment you know, without, w- w- without opinion, without right or wrong, without um, doubt, you know, without change.
1: Well, and this is one of the things that I wanted to ask you because you are so highly trained. You are so highly skilled in looking at the body. You know, if someone walks into to your room... And you, see, you can see from all your training exactly how they hold themselves, what their patterns are. You probably could tell them what their occupation is, how they think, based on what you see. And yet, when someone sits down with you, you are open and without judgment to what is the healing that need, needs to take place. Where is the movement going to come? You are open in that moment. How do you do that? Well, I, I have to say that a lot of of course, comes from
2: my own, whew, you know, as most healers, right? Here, <laughs> Yes. Most people who are into the building community, you know, most of us who are in one way or another healing the planet. You know, heal, in my case, one body at a time. And I must say, I have this incredible... Gratitude for what I do and for the people I get to see mm-hmm. who are like yourselves doing this incredible world work out there. So um, people say, "So, do you still work in politics, which I used to do?" I say, "No, but I get to work in all the people who work in politics." <laughs> so so that's, what, that's, where, that's, where, that's where I ended up. Who knew? I who knew? You know? <laughs> yeah. Just mm-hmm. following my bliss, and this is where I ended up. Um, and um, or my passion, really. Um, and. Um, you know, Michelangelo said, you know, when he looked at the, the marble and people asked him, you know, how did you see that? How did, how did you know, you know, to, 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 um, to, to, to take, how, did you, how could you do that? How could you chip all those pieces away so perfectly? And he said, you know, I, I actually didn't, I didn't see the pieces, I saw the David. Mm-hmm. And then I just got rid of all the stuff that was, you know, that was, you know, that seemed to be interfering. Yes. And, you know, then my own life, that's sort of what came up. Everything that kept coming up and interfering and sort of was intimidating was, was I found, scary. Um, but I come from the, you know, the 60s, you know, where we had a chance, literally, to stand up for what we believed in against the war and ste- step out, which I did in a big way, into a major commitment that, you know, most parents, you know, disown their kids for. You know, we, we fought against the government, and we didn't fight just because um, we were upset with, with, with our parents or anything. We were, fu- we were upset because we were being told, you know, to do something that was so extremely, we felt unjust. And we had to dig down and say, we feel it's unjust, when this whole government and everything we learned said, no, this is just. And that's, mm-hmm. quite, a voice, that's quite a voice to discover. So that's how I sort of began, you know, actually breaking out of my own molding, Right. Yeah, And when you start breaking out at things that you really believe in, and, boy, I wish there were things today, you know, that really pulled on people because there are things out there that are pulling, you know. Yes. And, um, and I wish that, uh, that people's, you, know, sh- sh- you know, shoes would be, start stepping in it, you know. <laughs> but we were, um, anyway, um, uh, I think that um, when people walk in and you reach a place as a practitioner, as a human being, well, you accept so deeply a person's, you know, a, a person's divinity, you might say, yes. a, a person's actual health. I like to mm-hmm. say when a person walked in, I, and I teach this all the time, because you know, I, I teach organ work, but when I teach organ work, I teach that the, really the holding patterns in the organs you know, are not just the, um, the, the, the pathology that we learn in, in medicine, which I also teach. Yes. You know, it's really the dream body expressing itself. Uh, Mm -hmm. in in, in a manner of angst. In a manner of angst. And so when a person walks in, because I hold their divinity and I hold their health as what walked in the door, the stuff that is is, is extra and is strained and stressed and pulling and crying and saying, please, you know, (laughs) could you come come give me a hug? (laughs) Yeah. Uh In in many ways, that's what we do. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
2: really, it's like a homeopathic. You come and you match the person. And when you match the person, they feel so deeply trusting in a yes. way that they've never been trusted before. And that's the goal, is to give a person an environment that you, could, that you, could, you keep finding that place where a person says, you feels there's a resistance in their body, and they start to say, you start to see, okay, so there's something going on. Because I can see they're, they're, they're being pulled. Because by the way, as a structural body worker, I can see. I can see. Yes. Because when there's angst in the heart, when there's heartbreak, yes. heartache, Although it shows yes. up as high blood pressure, it could be it could be archaic as we call it, I meaning old ancestral you know w- wounds that, go f- that are going through the generations, you know yes. those are that's a different kind of seeing or listening we sometimes say, but that shows up in the chest. It shows up in the rib cage because literally mm-hmm. the heart. Go, slightly tightens up. Everything goes into contraction. That's what organisms do. When you poke them, they go into contraction. And what well, we, we want to do is we want to go into expansion. Which, by the yes. way, as, um, as, we're, as, as, as Richard was saying in his talk with you a few weeks ago, it's we Robert, hard to find a word, huh? Robert, 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 Robert. We're Robert Robert, Robert yes, saying, yes. you know, in this inspire, you know, in this inhalation, we oftentimes say then we go into a contraction, but I always say we go into, we return back home, you know? You know? Uh-huh. Oh, we do an exhale. Okay? And so yes. everything that goes into expansion does come back. There's a rhythm. There's a wave. So we want that wave is what we're looking for. But people have gotten stuck in a place where they're further, and as you go out, out there's a range of motion, and in the middle there's a neutral. And that neutral, people actually get stuck someplace closer into contraction. Yeah. So they, they don't come all the way back out again. And in that contraction, we diminish our sensory perceptions. And we diminish them depending, either down in our lower dantian, you know, in our whole digestive system. So the whole digestive system, some people are more prone to taking things in and seeing it as not digestible. Other mm-hmm. people see it as, excuse me, um, more heartbreak. It could have something to do with how we get, you know, for our first three minutes of life, you know, or our first, right. first or three I years. Or I can't breathe. I, yeah, I'm suffocating, this thing, th- this suffocates me. And somebody else says, you know, this is so hard to, uh, I, you know, I can't breathe, or I, this, this is really hard, I can't see this. And so they're, 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 they're having vision stu- problems, you know. Yes. And right. somebody else, you know, is, I'll buy, this is too much, I, 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 I just can't hear this anymore, okay. So they're getting auditory stuff, and they're right. getting stuff, strains right. down the back of their neck, okay. So all of these things show up as strains in the body and strains in the organ systems okay, so right. it's almost like each of these organs, you know, in our body have their own voice, all of our senses mm-hmm. have their own voice, mm-hmm. and those, those voices have been yeah. told to shut down a little bit, you know, just all depending upon the use of the language, and yeah. so when I'm listening to people, I oftentimes pick up immediately what they're not saying, uh-huh. you know, what, 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 you know what I'm saying, what sense they're not using, which yes. part of themselves they're not talking about. Mm-hmm. which they really
1: should be, you know, <laughs> yes, yes. or which part of and themselves this, they keep talking about, okay? And this is, all, this is all taking place while you have your hands on them, while you are doing deep tissue work, while you are holding, holding them gently to listen to what you call the tides of the body. I just want you to say a little bit about what you're actually doing yeah. when you're listening.
2: Yeah, very good. You know, what, what I found, I had this... Um, experience recently at somebody's 60th birthday party, and I walked up to them, and I was standing next to them, and I said, "Hi!" You know, know, we met many years ago back at so-and-so's party. This um, person—it was their brother or something—and I, I, and and about five or ten minutes after the conversation, he looked up and he says, "So you're the healing profession, aren't you?" I said, "Yeah." He says, "Because I'm feeling so much better since you walked over here." Thank (laughs) you. You know, and I just was, oh. You know, because I made made time for him. And when a person lays down on a table, it's so intimate that not only am I listening to them, but I'm actually, you know, know, surely they come and they're paying me. But the way that I I hold a person is I really try to hold their entire being, you know, as as something that's so sacred that people pick that up. Because you've got two things you're listening to at the same time. You're not only listening to their their problem which i then go to with my hands okay because yes. i said could you, could that place please be touched there's mm-hmm. some part of them saying even though they're not saying that to me it's like can you please touch that now i'm a really good body worker so i know all kinds of ways of touching it but i've gotten to the point where in biodynamic work you come over and you shape it and by just being in the just bringing your presence to it what happens is a deep part of that person that has a presence that knows their pharmacy, knows their matrix, knows their blueprint, their embryological blueprint, because that's the piece that showed up about ten days after conception. Mm -hmm. And it was present, and it began the actual process of embryogenesis. And it came in with the information of life itself. And it holds your entire history, and it's raised on debt is to keep you in homeostasis as you go into like a wine you keep keep, you keep you know you have the opportunity let's just say that's where the potential is we at this point in our evolution are beyond just fight or flight we're not beyond just survival we have these higher levels of possibility and so it's always holding that possibility and the first thing it wants to do is keep you back just into a balance of normality Okay? Yes. And from normality, we can actually have this piece that can actually show up, extraordinary possibility, okay, of opening up and blossoming. Okay? But we've learned to close down, okay, and that becomes normal, you know, because we want to be like everybody else, you know, and high, wear those high heels, and, which are just so, oh, my God. I use those as a metaphor, you know, because they're so Oh, You could sh- you do a whole show about that. I myself. could do a whole show about those, those things. But here we, are, here we are, and I'm sitting there, and biodynamic work actually... It's a listening. It's gone to the extreme listening. It's almost beyond visionary listening. Visionary listening is where you, we listen with our whole body. Okay. Yes. So basic listening is beyond hearing. It's listening deeply, in deep respect. You hold the person in deep, in deep majesty. Okay, for who they and are. And you
1: literally and you literally are holding them. I mean, you're yeah, I'm holding them. In a visionary them holding, hearing. when I
2: talk about visionary holding, I'm not all holding with my hands. But I'm listening, okay? I'm listening with my entire body. Yes. Because as a visionary practitioner, I have taken the time, and everybody can do this. I've got great yes. ideas about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm listening yeah, from I my can. sacrum. I'm listening yes. from my, my digestive system, which has opened up. I'm listening yes. from, my own, from my diaphragm, from my heart. Okay? You're right. I'm listening from yes. all of my centers. Some people call them chakras. Some people call them energy centers of all kinds, you know? You know, but... Forget chakras. I'm listening from my bones, you know. Um, right. We listen so from the bones. The, the the bones behind our ears, you know, we listen from. You
1: yes. know, they have so a vibration. Question, so my question here is, as you're listening from all of these places in yourself, which open up, are you meeting that other person or are you actually inviting that other person through your own well-being listening to come into more of their potential? Well, I
2: think it's an incredible invitation without it being an intention,
1: right. it's, or it's an invitation at a level. Pulling or dragging, yeah.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. It's not with a, um, a diagnosis even, as we might say in my work, you know, um, but it's with a presence. And yes. the presence, okay, of two people meeting. So I meet their presence, and that presence that I meet has a wave. It's actually, you could feel it. It's a central wave that expanded out at that point, around 10, 12 days after, after, after conception, a wave comes out of the midline of the body, and when it hits the membrane of the body, of the, of the cell, it actually moves back in, and it starts to develop a midline, which becomes our central nervous system, or our deep horror, or our chakra center, you know, a mm-hmm. deep energy center down the midline, but while it comes out and part of it comes back in, this original primitive streak, okay? And by the way, that moment of conception is oftentimes thought to be highlighted in the Sistine Chapel where, you know, God has his finger, you know. Finger actually, pointing, yes. uh-huh. pointing right there to um yes. being received by um, Adam, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the moment of, of, of where that primitive streak happens. That's oh. that, where, yes. and it's oftentimes the moment of God's breath shows up, mm-hmm. and that's oftentimes called the breath of life, and that original yes. breath of life comes yes. out, and it, part of it comes back in, and it becomes part of your physical being, okay, that part of us, you know, that lives in this incarnation, and it's particulate right here, and has yes. a midline. Another part yes. goes just beyond, Okay. And that part Mm -hmm. holds an awful lot of our etheric part of us, a great part of our mind, a great part of our psychic center, okay? And it goes out about 6 to 12 to 24 inches beyond the body and creates Mm -hmm. an incredible protective center around which we receive incredible information at different vibrations, okay, Mm -hmm. of hearing Mm -hmm. and listening. And then there's another wave, okay? And that's called the primary respiratory system. And that's the long tide. And it goes all the way out into the collective, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it, makes, mm-hmm. it keeps us yeah. collectively part of that place from whence the wave came from originally okay yes. so we came yeah. out of the collective we articulated into this incarnation we started to, to develop and all the while we have a part of us that is constantly going from the midline out and being omnipresent yes which by the way also makes it omniscient yes so that's why there's, a, there's an old saying you know that says you know you know be still and know, because when you go That's into that right. stillness, you step into that place of motion. Out so into that the place of p- motion. Yes, yes. and yes. that. P- so. And the mo- place. Motion needs stillness. Motion needs stillness. That's right. Right here, That's like right. the center of the cyclone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right there, that place out of which the potential for the storm or for the wave or for the movement takes place. Yeah. an extraordinary thing this thing life. Life is an extreme. <laughs> These are mysterious That's things, right. you know. Yes. Yes. We just know that this
1: is what happens, but wow! <laughs> wow! Howl, yeah, wow! Yes! Wow! Yeah, wow. yeah. And so when you uh, when you have your hands on someone, you are feeling these various types. And what You're happens feeling when I'm going in all these different directions? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. So, so what happens
2: when my deep, deep primary respiratory system? okay mm-hmm. my deep uh, presence that has that wave in it meets the person and I feel it you feel it meets that other oh, yeah. wave inside that person okay something amazing happens the two fields come together and one of the things that happens on a physical level is, it, is the, way I, the way I say it is that it, it, kind of, it creates an ignition first of all it ignites back into that person an, a new opportunity to to reassess to re-digest, to re-evaluate some of those moments in that body's history that got overwhelmed and got, took on a wound that was too much to take in within the consciousness at that moment. So it got pushed into the unconscious mm-hmm. around which the physical body wrapped and contracted. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, not only in a physical body, but energetically, we call it sometimes an energy cyst or an inertial fulcrum around which part of that person is now their energetic field, their electromagnetic field has to create a secondary field to hold that hologram in the Mm -hmm. unconscious of of a past history that keeps that person in some ways them, number one, being able to use all their energy for the moment because part of it is yes. being used to um, sort of um, stay maintain, yes, maintain and stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, but another part of it is um, distracting. It's really distracting. You get enough of those, you start getting chronic fatigue. Mm-hmm. And the, bo- the human being wants to bring those back out and get another chance to take a look at it. But mm-hmm. it's not overwhelmed. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. overwhelming. You know, something yes. hits you too hard, physically, emotionally, repetitively. You know, um, oppressively. You mm-hmm. know, yes. To the, to the point, you know, yes, oppressively, right? To where you certain you literally lose your spirit. You and, and you, you know that spirit, which is a little different than this energy, you know, starts to diminish. But this piece, yeah. this piece we call the long tide, actually never gets diminished because it's sourcing itself from the collective. Yes, right. You see? Right. Isn't that incredible? And when two, when two people show up together, that's what that's saying, when, when two people, you know, really show up to listen to each other, yes. you know, mm-hmm. this third thing happens, this third thing that shows up, it's, 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 a, it's an alchemy, mm-hmm. pure alchemy Wonderful. and yes. transmutation is the word. You know, we talk about transformation and transformation and transformation. And sometimes it takes several things which I, which I call transformation. You need to do a lot of work on yourself for something to actually transmute so you have actually untethered or, un, you know, unwrapped some of the content, you know, in either with your SE practitioner, you know, your <laughs> Indian practitioner, um, some of your, just, your, your radical therapy work, you know, you're just out there in the world stuff, you know, of, right. of, of inquiry you know your deep mm-hmm. inquiry of one kind or another and I come along without and I'm so full of gratitude because I have people like yourself people have done all those done that work for the last 40 years I mean incredible we have such a generation now okay yes, of people that um, you know have really done a lot of work it's amazing and I think that this collective sometimes when I say so like I'm giving you a session you know and I go whoa there's, here's a here, do, do you mind you know no go ahead no, no. So we were doing the session, you and I. Yes. <laughs> oh yes. my gosh! Oh my yes. gosh! We were doing this session, and when I'm doing the sessions, okay. So when that happens, when this third thing starts to show up, when you drop down into that field, you step yes. out of your ego structure. Mm-hmm. You know, you step out of you know your sense of presence in time and space, and you go into the akashic field. Okay. Yes. this Collective field. You actually go mm-hmm. there. You know, people say to me sometimes, my God, Harvey, you know, that's like taking ayahuasca. That's what people talk about these days. <laughs> but, uh, you know, 40 years ago, people talked about, you know, that's like LSD. But, um, you know, people say, wow, you know, that was, and tell me all kinds of stories. Well, when I was working with you, I had an image. I had this amazing image. Uh, yes. I was suddenly in a spaceship. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I was in the spaceship, and I saw this panel, this, uh, this, this electronic panel, and there was this button blinking. I mean, you know, I mean, I wasn't in the room. We weren't doing a session. I, you know, I was somewhere else, you know, completely, in another dimension. I was in there, and this, and this thing was blinking, and I just picked up my hand, and I touched this blinking button. Yeah. D- do you want to say what
1: happened? And I, I was in a deep, deep state of relaxation, and suddenly my whole body sat up, with a with a shock. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. It was like Nowhere. shocking. Yeah. yeah. Uh uh-huh. And in my hands, uh, it was anxiety. like a, it was that actually that like electric anxiety. shock. in my hands was an electric shock. You just went and you you'd like to like sta- sat straight up. Yeah. And I felt like and we sometimes talk about it. We talk about it as an ignition. Yes. Yeah. And and at that moment of ignition, is a word we use is when transmutation takes place actual transmutation, where some energetic piece at that deep level, okay, of the actual, you know, um, piece of that, um... God's breath, you know, that deep yeah. part of us, okay, that is part of the collective, comes back in, you know, with that type of, in you know, all the ancestors of your entire past, you know, two million years, okay, and all of my ancestors, you know, everybody shows up at that moment, you know, and this piece comes in, and all the work, at looking at those belief systems, okay, of doing the stuff down into the sensory system and down into the emotional body, you know, and the deep yeah. level of inquiry and a deep level of, of acceptance, you know, and of forgiveness for yourself. And all of those parts, okay, that you've worked on suddenly came into fruition in a way that they hadn't before. And, as, yes. and a certain cyst of energy that was still being held, you know, deep down. And it could have been ancestral, you know, that piece that came out of you. It could have been something that wasn't. See, those kinds of things, when that happens, I say to myself, wow, that wasn't this lifetime. Mm. You know? That wasn't last mm-hmm. time because we stepped so far out that you and I had to step out of the way completely for that to come through, you Yes, know, and and it, you know, it, is, is, is who we are, yes. you know, so it's not that we and stepped out, but a part of this incarnation stepped away.
1: That's right, and yet I want to reiterate that the way it came about was through the body. With my hands on your body, is, yes. With your hands on my body, with... You know, with my body being invited into this deep state of relaxation, it happened through the body. Because, you know, this is one of, this is one of my passions and revelations about this life, you know, is that, is that this body is such a, a, a precious and multifaceted event and that many people seek spirituality, they Transcendence by trying to go up and out of the body into more etheric realms. And what I know, what you know, what we work with is going into the body, finding these places by going into the body, into the tissue, into the breath of what this is to be a human being also takes you way out into this place of. Of deep, deep connection with everything. Yeah, I think it's pure tantra. Yeah,
2: I think it's pure tantra. This is is actually this is actually pure tantric healing, really. You know, because it's it's that piece that's the the sensual, not the sexual, but it's the Mm -hmm. deep senses. I say sensual, meaning it's all the senses integrating, allowing the power of the erotic. Okay. Because what is the erotic? What is that orgone energy that Wilhelm Reich talked about? But the power of the earth energy coming through, you know, meeting the divine. Yes. You know, and allowing the two to come together as one arrows, you know, the divine arrows. And yes. that piece is the alchemy around which you meet somebody at that deep place, heart to heart. You know, the yeah. heart the heart of listening and you can walk down the street and look somebody in the eye and meet that person right there and have that take place and in that moment there's a communion and a community and I think that more and more of us that's the place where we're meeting and we're meeting there as we're walking through the earth and we are connecting throughout the planet in that place even though we don't see each other as I listen yes. to all those people that you've talked to, you know, the last couple of days, I listened to your talk and I felt connected to every one of them in the mm-hmm. conversation and I got to add them in my perception to all the people that I'm not even able to perceive but, <laughs> but yes, I have. Yes, yes, yes. And uh-huh. I think that that's the collective way in which we're creating a collective wave that is another piece of that piece that I, when I sit with my hands on someone you know, and literally feel them and I'm feeling that, that change take place you know, and people come back out and they get up and they go, oh, my gosh, you know, my pelvis just let go, my, my shoulder let go, because it's an entire letting go through the whole body. It's like going down underneath and going down to the shame or the, or the peace that might have been part of the reason why when you were standing there at the, at the top of the stairs and the person says, you know, I slipped and I fell down and I just cracked my hip, and my shoulder got hurt, and I banged my head, and I go, that's it, huh? Oh, yeah, just, I don't know what, you know, it was just a total accident. And I go, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, so that's, oh, my God, wow. So anyway, were you by yourself? Yeah, I was walking with my sister. Oh, you're walking with your sister, uh-huh. Okay, so, yeah, you know, and she, did, you know, she came running down there, you know, and that was great, you know, so, so you know. And just before you fell down, were you guys having a conversation? Oh, yeah, huh. Yeah, we were, actually. Yeah, she was talking about my father, you know, our father. I can't stand it when she talks about my father that way. I said, uh-huh. oh, really? I can't <laughs> stand it. That's an interesting thing to oh, think about, you it, know? You can't literally yeah. stand it. Uh-huh. I can't stand it, and you're at the first step of the stairs. And Chris uh-huh. looks at me and goes, huh, wow, that's interesting, Harvey. I go, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just something to look at, you know? Mm-hmm. Something to look mm-hmm. at, you know? And what is it about mm-hmm. your father? Did you want, is there anything you want to share about your father that you couldn't stand? Yeah, well, you know, he, he never supported me. He really never supported me. Oh, uh-huh. so, he, so you can't stand it when she talks like that because she talks about your father who couldn't never supported you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and was there a feeling that you get when that takes place? And she goes, "Yeah, I get feel collapsed." I mean, you can just see, you know, yeah. how wonderful yeah. it is. And at that point, you know, I say, well, "Would you like to lie down?" And maybe we should do some work around the, around your the chest. You know, and she says, "Yeah, mm-hmm. I you feel collapsed and I can't breathe." You know, when I was a child, when he when he did yeah. that to me, and so we don't work. On it. we you know, that's where we start. And as that piece opens up, and I go and I listen to that wave because I say, you know what? I don't know all that history. I don't even know where the whole, I can do the old-fashioned stuff, and I know how to assess all the pieces, and we do that too. But boy, Mm -hmm. I go down there and say, you know what? Let me ask your system, the one that's really wanted to say, please, just come down. Let me do this. Let me do this work. Don't even assess me. Don't diagnose. Just come join me. Mm -hmm. Give me a a place of safety and listening, you know, as, as I just did before we started you know, that includes these parts of my... I wanted my father to listen to me. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. And so they get a new opportunity to go visit there. And in that place, transmutation
1: happens. That's right. Healing happens, yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Harvey, this has been a most amazing conversation with you. And (laughs) I love all that you've brought forward to share with me and with our listeners. It's just been incredible. You know, usually at the end of the show I ask my guests, so how can people reach you? How can they find you? But you've told me that you don't really want to be found or (laughs) reached because you already have such a full practice and you do give each of your clients your your full attention. But I would like you to Tell us something about how people can find out more about the work that you do or the path that you've traveled so that they can benefit from it as well. Yeah, well, yes. (laughs) Yes, the only stress
2: I sort of have in life sometimes because this is incredible. Gratitude to be able to do healing all day, which, by the way, adds to my healing all day because when I'm listening to their wave, this place, place, they're listening to me. Yes, so course. I get through this transmutation, and that's that's why it's really a, you know it's a communal uh, event. Yes. Um, but the place that I the place that I go to, you know, is I actually go to nature, and I know mm-hmm. there's a, 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 an audience around nature. So let me just add that you know uh, one of the things that I use to to listen to my wave, to listen to the yes. wave, is I go out to listen to how that manifests, but really listen. I mean, Mm -hmm. as we sit in groups and we go to meditation retreats, oftentimes say to people, did you go outside and meditate, or did you go outside and take that ayahuasca, or did you go outside and listen to the crickets. Mm -hmm. crickets are amazing. They are an incredible wave. And you really listen to the crickets, the crickets listen to you, and they vibrate through your bones. Mm -hmm. And if you could do that someplace where I do it, and you can listen to the waves at the same time of the ocean. Mm hmm or sometimes during the, during the day, I'm under a eucalyptus tree, and the bees are just humming. Yes. And you sit and you just stay with those bees until you, that hum because you, becomes your mantra. Ooh, mm, I I'm, love it. It's an, amazing, it's, an, it's an amazing way to do it, you know. Yeah. So finding really deep people, people in the field, you know, people in this biodynamic, it's called biodynamic cranial sacral. People who have found biodynamic work are people who yes. have usually traveled, and they're very interesting, wonderful, deep people. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of continue, There are conti- a lot of them have done continuum. Yes, there are a number of people who, if you go to continuum and biodynamic, you'll probably in Rolfing, There's some people who have done those three things. Wow, yes. we know wow. some of those wonderful women and men. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. and there are some people, um, uh, some Aston patterners. You know, Judith Aston, one of my finest teachers, really introduced me first to the whole field of listening. You know, mm-hmm. the, you know the tenderness and the the exactness and the you know the grace in which, you know, she touched bodies and teaches. And the people who then gravitate to her are people who say, oh, yes, <laughs> that's <laughs> the place, that's the evolution yeah. of the work that I want to spend time, you know. Um, and oftentimes you get your ass kicked when you go study this stuff because mm-hmm. you get, you're right up against your stuff. And these oh, teachers yeah. are amazing. And, you know, these teachers, Ida Rolfe, Judith Aston, wow. You know, John Upledger, <laughs> You know, these are, you know. The Hugh Mill, Mill Institute, to actually go take a training if anybody's interested in actually doing a visionary training. It's called Visionary Cranial Sacral, but Hugh Mill teaches a visionary course around which you learn cranial work that you may just make a part of your life. I'll bet Mm -hmm. fewer people than not just take the work back into their lives because it's Uh such a wonderful visionary training. He's a very deep soul. I met him in, in India at an ashram, you know. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know. You know, we both have long hair and we're wearing robes yeah. and malas back in 1975. And then we, I ran back into him you know. I said, So Hugh Milne, you look just like... <laughs> and they went, oh, wow, okay. yeah, Wow. Yes. So, those, you know, people in this field, we run, we run into each other over the years. You know, it's a culture. It's a, it's a tribe. It's yes. incredible. It but that's tribe. what I would suggest. That's what I would suggest, you know. People who have these kind of dual trainings, you know. Like I say, Rolfing and Biodynamic, because it's, it's another level deep, you know. But um, Aston Patterning and, and Rolfing and Biodynamic, Visionary, Cranial, Sacral. Um, I, I think Somatic, you know, SE so, uh, work, Somatic, is mm-hmm. I think the work of yeah. Peter Levine is extraordinary. Yeah. You know, and the people who have been doing it now for a while, all these works, you know, you learn, you have to practice, you know. You step That's out, you know, and slowly they come in, and they become deeply intuitive because they change you so drastically as a practitioner. And pretty soon, you open up senses that you had no idea. You said, "Boy, I wonder if this." You don't, you didn't even have the questions. You know, yes. you had to know about the exploration. But of course, when, I, when right. I discovered biodynamic work, I would say that I I discovered a piece that completed my entire healing journey. Mm-hmm. around which I could then just drop deeper and deeper. Because right. where else you go when you finally just come back to just listening and just the presence itself, just mm-hmm. to discover that pr- two presences coming together creates a dynamic that creates a transmutation. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. who would have ever, who uh, would have, ever, have, <laughs> have <sunk>? who, <laughs> who would have thunk? Who
1: would have thunk, yes. Well, Harvey, thank you so much. You yep. are indeed passing for normal. And um <laughs> oh, Evan, thank you so much for being part of my tribe for being part of my show and um, I look forward to more yes, thank you thank you, my love to you and everybody, okay. bye back at you, bye
0: this has been Passing for Normal conversations about seeding change in the world to find out more about author Sharon Weil go to PassingForNormal.com that's passing, numeral four, normal.com. Donnie and Ursula Save the World is available in paperback, Kindle, and soon to be an audiobook at DonnieandUrsula.com. So go out and do something brave today. M Earth and I thank you.